Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Shelby Lee. Shelby is a mental health poet and self-love advocate who has been sharing her work online for over seven years, amassing a following of more than 450,000 readers. She is the author of the best-selling book, Changing with the Tides. In addition to writing poetry, Shelby hosts an online poetry community with monthly workshops and helps other writers confidently market their books. Shelby and I have a great conversation about her journey, her journey of self-doubt, self-acceptance, self-love, how it has helped her become a published writer, not just a published writer, but a like fully employed published writer. She has two books out. Her third is on the way. She has a really beautiful story and also a really relatable story. And I think one that if you have ever struggled with self-doubt, I think that this is going to help you. So without further ado, jump on in, meet Shelby. My name is Katie Allen and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing Shelby Lee. Shelby, I am super excited that you are here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for joining me. Why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Thanks for having me, Katie. I'm excited to be here too. I am what I call a mental health writer. I write mostly poetry about just vulnerable moments, mental health um, struggles that I'm going through, and I share them online, and I also write poetry books. So that is what I do or part of what I do. I write mostly about self-doubt and insecurities um, finding self-love, which is very fitting for this podcast, yeah. um, anxiety, all of that relationships, just things that I'm going through with the goal of both helping myself and kind of healing through that, but also helping other people feel less alone too. So yeah, that's what I do. I love that. I love it because it's like, it's so like, I've definitely had like a little poke around your work. Like it is so relatable, right? It's like, it's like, this is real life and I feel like it's just so refreshingly honest but also really like helps you feel not alone it's like the human experience it's amazing thank you yeah yeah I try to just be as open and kind of vulnerable about these moments and at first it was like terrifying to just put my little problems online but the more that I saw people resonating with it it just felt so much better to do it and kind of get it off my chest yeah I can imagine that's incredible that's incredible. Okay. So, so this podcast is about self-love, right? It's in the title, self-love ignited. And it's about telling the stories of people just like you, who have come from a place of not liking themselves, not loving themselves, not accepting, not accepting themselves to coming to a place of self-love, acceptance, compassion, whatever that looks like for you. So Shelby, I want to just invite you to tell us your story. What does that look like? Where did your I guess your struggles with yourself or your challenges with your relationship with self begin? Yeah, I think they began pretty early in childhood. I remember like as a really little kid being pretty confident. And I think that was the phase of not realizing that other people could possibly be judging me or like saying things about me or thinking things about me or whatever. Um, And I think 
at some point, I don't have like a specific moment of what was the turning point for me, but I became very like shy and introverted and just insecure all around and was constantly like, this person's laughing at me. This person's judging me and like just constant doubting myself. Um, And it was like that with like both internally, like my own, like things I was saying, like people would think that they were stupid. And then also just from an outward perspective, like I didn't like how I looked. I was very insecure about my appearance. Um, I didn't want to like talk in school at all and have any sort of attention on me. So I definitely came from a very insecure place and that lasted throughout high school. I was really, really quiet, had my like few friends, but kept to myself, didn't really like any attention on me, hated talking in class. Like you could not get me to say a word (laughs) Um, (laughs) and followed me into college, but it started getting better at that point. I know we're going to talk about that kind of journey, but that's kind of what that looked like. And I, I sometimes look back and think like, what was the specific moment that made me feel that way or made the switch? But I think it was just like, getting older middle school is a horrible time for everyone <laughs> and just realizing like people are mean like people can be mean people can be judgy and I think that's where it really stemmed from yeah and I, I think it's really important like what you just said right like sometimes there isn't one thing sometimes mm-hmm. there, like for some people there would be like one incidence or one situation that may might sort of trigger this but for others it's just like the constant bombardment little things little things little things right and especially when we're kids we're like sponges just soak Mm. it all in um yeah okay yeah so how so then tell us so you said that that sort of followed you into college like into adulthood but how did it manifest in adulthood Yeah, it looked different because I feel like in high school and middle school and things like that, that's a totally different ballgame being surrounded by people your age, like every day who can be a little bit like sassy or judgy or whatever. And that obviously happens in adulthood too, but it was a different kind of environment. Um, So in college, it definitely got better. It wasn't as bad, but I also still kept to myself for the most part and was pretty... um, just introverted and insecure, even when I tried to like branch out. (laughs) Um, But I think that one, I started writing more seriously in college and that really helped me kind of find like those um, healing moments, like letting out all my insecurities and things like that. Um, But it definitely still stuck around for most of college. And I think it wasn't until the end of college where I was like nearing what I saw as like freedom (laughs) of finally being out of like the school environment Mm -hmm. um that's when I started to really feel like okay I'm like I can find myself now like I just never really felt a sense of like belonging I guess whenever I was in like a school type environment so and 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 like school isn't for everyone right like like the traditional way of school like some people thrive in that environment others like yourself and me not so much right like academically it might be helpful but socially not so much. It's a very, and and, you know, I've never even thought about this before until you just said it. It's like when you're in school, you're surrounded by peers of your own age, nowhere else Mm -hmm. in the world. Like once we're adults, it's like you're surrounded by people of all ages all the time. Um, Right. But as a kid, it's always the same age. I've never thought about that and the differences that would bring. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like being surrounded by people of our own age, like we're only experiencing or we've all had very different backgrounds and experiences, but like we're all kind of at the same spot in life. Whereas 
as an adult, you can learn from all different types of like ages and people who have experienced different life stages at that point and all of that. So I feel like it's a very different experience, but I liked school academically. I was a good student. I loved school Mm -hmm. and loved learning, but yeah, in terms of the social aspect, it stressed me out pretty much every day. Yeah. I feel you a hundred percent. I get it. (laughs) Okay. So, so bridge the gap then between sort of like young adulthood, finishing college, finally being like, Oh, I'm like free, like freedom is coming. Um, to you today where you are like this incredibly like widely published author you're like writing and you're helping people and you're sharing and this is all coming from your own like personal experience right a lot had to have happened in that time for you to get to this place of being able to share so vulnerably and openly so like what 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 changed in there what happened there yeah a lot I feel like (laughs) Um, it's been about Uh, So seven or eight years, I think, since I was in college, early college and started sharing my work online. And whenever I first started sharing my work online, I was completely anonymous, like no face, no name. Like this is a poem, but I'm not going to put my name on on it or anything like that. Because that was, of course, all the self-doubt and security. And like, no one needs to know that I'm a writer. No one needs to know all these issues that I'm going through in my head. Um, And like slowly over time, I feel like year after year, I started getting a little bit more confident as maybe some people started liking my work or like commenting on it. Um, I started saying like, okay, I'm going to like reveal my name. It was a very like big thing for me to say like, I'm going to put my name on this now. Um, And then slowly over time, I feel like it's just a matter of like getting out of my comfort zone and really actively like pushing myself to get out of that self-doubt. Not that I'm completely out of it or I never have doubts about myself, but it's like a total 180 from early college to now where, like you said, I share my work every day. Mm -hmm. I get on Instagram stories and podcasts and videos and all of that every day and talk about my journey and talk about myself and show myself and all of those things. So even like a few years ago, I was just talking about this with another poetry friend of mine, I guess like in 2017 or something, I messaged her and was like, I'm so scared to show my face anywhere. Like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) And I forgot that I had said that, but we found the messages and it was just shocking to me, like how in just a few years you can go from saying something like that to like doing this pretty much every day um, and just growing fond of really like hearing myself talk and like, which sounds weird, but like from being quiet for so long, feeling like, okay, now I can actually share my story confidently and not be terrified of what people think of me is just like a huge difference in my life. And it's, it's noticeable for sure. That's incredible. And honestly, really inspiring too, because I, I have no doubt that there's people listening to this or watching this who are probably in that place. Right. And that like, I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anybody to know who I am. I don't want to because it is a certain level of vulnerability, just putting your voice out there or your face out there or, you know, any part of your story out there. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, then going from like a few years ago where you were like, I'm scared to show my face <laughs> to today where this is your normal, this is your everyday. Um, yeah. What other than your writing, which is obviously incredibly powerful for your readers, but also for yourself, I imagine it's very cathartic. Um, what other sort of tools or practices, like what other things have you done to help you learn to drop that self-doubt, learn to be more compassionate? Like what, what does that sort of like a tangible level, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So writing is definitely a big one. 
Um, but other than that, I feel like it's just like an everyday kind of practice. I wish I could say it was like a more tangible thing. And I do, I do write a lot, a lot about like my insecurities and like, like what I should be loving about myself. Like I do kind of self-love type prompts. Mm -hmm. So that is a big one. Um, but I feel like also just over the years of like seeing my face more, like it was also a matter of kind of avoiding it, like avoiding the mirror, avoiding pictures, avoiding, avoiding videos of me and things like that like kind of forcing myself out of my comfort zone to do those things more and more. Like the first few times that I was like, I'm going to film an Instagram story today. Like I, it never got posted. Cause I was like, no, this looks horrible. I can't, I can't possibly post this online, but I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. I would do like teleprompter apps where I would like read my script basically mm-hmm. and like film myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was just so nervous about talking off the cuff. Um, so I think things like that just repetitively over the years of doing it more and more, I got used to seeing my face again, which is kind of sad to say out loud, but I really was like avoiding it. So I think all of those things and like once something successful would happen, like I would have a successful interview or I would do a video myself that like went well, it's like, okay, yeah, I can do this. So I feel like once you actually break that barrier, and start doing it more and more and see like, okay, you actually can do this and you look fine and you sound great and all of that. It just gets easier and easier with time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're creating evidence on the positive side, instead of letting yourself doubt, convince you of everything on like the negative side. Right. It's it's like, I see you self-doubt and I raise you this really awesome video. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But that like that act of like pushing yourself and like doing the video, even when you're scared and like, is that something that is innately within you? Like, do you just have that like drive to push or did that come from somewhere else? Was there like somebody outside of you that was helping you push through that as well? I've definitely had great support. I do think a lot of it was kind of an innate, like, especially with writing, like, okay, if you want to be a writer, you have to kind of have like a brand around your writing and share more about who you are and connect with your readers and things like that, that I didn't really want to do anonymously anymore. Cause it didn't feel like I was sharing the super personal work, but I wasn't being personal at all. So that's kind of part of the switch, but I've definitely had friends and my partner in the last few years pushed me um, even more than I pushed myself too, which is always helpful. It is, isn't it? To have somebody yes. in your corner who believe <laughs> who believes in you so much that when you do have the self-doubt creep in, yeah. somebody to be like, hey, 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 hold on. <laughs> like, right? Like really, really lovingly call you out on it. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah ha- having, having those people in your corner is, is amazing. It's amazing. Um, so Shelby, this journey that you are on, I always like to talk about it as like a life, like you, you're, you haven't reached any destination, right? You are on it. It's an ongoing relationship with self. Does the term self-love, like, does that feel true for you? Is that what this relationship, this journey feels like for you? Is it more like self-discovery, self-acceptance? Like what feels most true for you right now? Yeah, I use self-love a lot and I use like finding myself a lot. Mm. Not that I think that there's ever, like you said, like a final me or a final destination or anything like that. Um, I feel like I'm constantly finding myself, finding new things I love, finding, you know, all of that, like finding more confidence or whatever it is. But yeah, I think it's a blend of all of them. I like self-acceptance too. 
Um, so yeah, I feel like all of them would kind of apply in a different way to what that journey looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good answer. They all apply in a different way to the journey. Yeah. It's kind of a cop-out answer, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a cop-out answer. No, I, I don't think so at all. And you know what? I asked that question because I know for some people, the term self-love can be kind of triggering because it can feel like so far away or like this unreachable goal or um, like just this fluffy thing that is sort of like, it doesn't even exist or it's all just like bubble baths and like, like, like it's not actually a thing. Um, yeah. So I like to ask that because it's like, everybody has their own definition of what it means for them. And for some people, self-love is like, this is self-love. Like for me, this is self-love. Like I love myself, but for some people, it's just like, no, I'm like neutral or I'm accepting myself or I'm just like taking really good care of myself. Right. Like, so that was not a cop-out answer at all. It's okay. It's good. Yeah. You're allowed to have all the things. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a blend, but I, I I totally understand your point and I definitely resonate with the people who aren't like, I I love myself because I definitely don't like say that to myself very often. Yeah. Um, I've tried it. It's been a self-love you know, technique that I've tried out, just repeating it or like journaling it or whatever it may be. And I definitely resonate with people that maybe don't feel as strongly about that, but they accept themselves they like themselves self self-like yep. could be one yep and that's that's great too yeah absolutely yeah and it's all valid right it's all part of the journey and there's ebbs and flows and it's normal to have ups and downs um right and i think too as much as obviously we're having a conversation about like labeling it you don't always have to label it like for this right. for the purposes of, of this conversation we are but it's like you know, it is just your relationship with self. And just like we all have, you know, whether it's a partnership or um, your relationship with your siblings or your parents or friends or acquaintances, it's like, it's okay for them all to look different and for it to have ups and downs. And like, you don't always need to be analyzing what it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so as this relationship with self, as this sort of self-love develops and, and ebbs and flows for you, have you noticed a difference in your self-care and how you show up for yourself, how you're taking care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, um, compared to the the good old days, <laughs> compared to when you were like hiding and, and, and not really wanting to um, share parts of yourself? Yeah, I think the biggest change would just be talking about myself to people versus just writing it down in a journal actually like talking to my partner about how I'm feeling um, or friends or counseling. Um, all of those things have definitely helped me quite a bit. Um, just being more kind of outspoken about um, what I'm going through, standing up for myself more, or just being more confident about talking about what I do. Because um, for a long time, I didn't tell anyone that I was writing or that I was doing a book or anything like that. So I think the biggest difference has just been in how I kind of communicate mm -hmm. and um, kind of go about my everyday, like we said before, like doing interviews, doing all of those types of things and just feeling a lot more confident about all of those things. So I think that that has been probably the biggest change in me. And I feel like that comes down to like mental health care, like yeah. just treating my mind a lot better and knowing that I can actually talk about my emotions out loud and trust people and all of that yeah uh, and as your communication 
has changed as you you have shown up differently in all of these relationships have you noticed that the people in your life respond to you differently like whether it's your partner or friends like like how has the dynamic how has that change shifted the dynamic yeah that's a good question I feel like we're like both able to be more open like both sides of the coin um and just go to each other more for things I definitely have had friendships in the past where they were very like shallow level type friendships where we didn't really get into the nitty-gritty of our lives and like talk about those deep things and so I do feel like I've built deeper friendships because I've been able to be more open about what I'm going through and be honest about my self-doubt and all of that um, has helped to kind of form those deeper relationships with people yeah I and I think that that's such an important point right because we can only go as deep with somebody else as we're willing to go with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we are not liking ourselves, criticizing ourselves, hiding from ourselves, um, it's like that, that that's also what's going to go into all of your relationships. And when Mm -hmm. you are willing to show up with yourself in a different way, everybody else gets a different version of you too. And then they get to the opportunity to respond to all of you instead of just parts of you. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know how has this self-love journey impacted your journey to entrepreneurship? Obviously for you, they are like very interconnected because your work is so tied to, to your self-love, right? Because that is what you write about. Um, but like what came first, the start of self-love or being an entrepreneur? Like what what did that look yeah. like for you? Like I'm having, yeah, I'm I'm curious. Yeah. The start of self-love definitely came first. I feel like I needed a lot of trust in myself and confidence in myself and um, kind of battling like the imposter syndrome and the self-doubt and all of that to be able to do this like full time mm-hmm. and like leave my job and all of that was, there was a lot of doubts going on in my head, but I had gotten to a point where I was like, this is the time. This is, I feel like I can do this. So I feel like self-love of course plays an extremely important role in that and trusting myself and knowing that I could kind of take this leap and do it. Um, so I guess like starting out, I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur whenever I first started out sharing my writing online, it definitely happened over time. So at that point it wasn't like part of my self-love journey at all. It was like trying to work kind of through my like mental health struggles and all of that. And then kind of slowly over time became part of my journey, became part of realizing like I need to do this for like my life, for my career. This is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having that focus on my self-love and overcoming those doubts about myself um, definitely helped um, in becoming, you know, a full-time like writer, full-time entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and I just, I love, and I know the first time we spoke, I asked you this question of, is your writing, like, is this your full-time gig? And you said it is, it is now. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just think that that's amazing. Like there's so many people I think who are like secret writers or who have a dream of being a writer, Mm -hmm. but their self-doubt is so big or their self-comparison is so big that they just think like, what's the point in even trying? Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And like, you are proof that you absolutely can do it. Um, 
and it Absolutely. starts and it starts with the inside stuff. It does. Yeah. It really does. And I, I work with other writers and I hear from writers a lot that have that self-doubt and they tell me, or like ask me what, you know, what they can do. And I explain like my story and how I was terrified too. Um, but it is kind of at a point where, you know, you get to a point where you have to kind of do it yourself or you have to kind of get over that fear. And of course, other people can encourage you and support you. But like we were saying earlier, like it is kind of an innate, like, this is my dream and I have to take the steps to get there. Um, so people like who are scared to share their writing or want to be a writer, but haven't taken the leap to start writing because they're scared it's going to be bad or whatever it is. Um, just like baby steps, just get started, share a paragraph with someone or share a short story or whatever it is. And you'll see that it gets a lot easier as you do it, but you just have to take that first step. Yeah. Yeah. This, so, so what does your business look like now? So I may have been on your Instagram before we hopped on to record today, having, having a little (laughs) look. go for it I appreciate it <laughs> that's why it's there and your Instagram is fabulous as well everybody listening should Thank definitely you. check it out um but so you you are a writer obviously you have how many books have you published now is it I have two two yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. I thought I thought so so you're a writer you have two published books plus your work sort of seems to be like sprinkled beautifully in other places um but do you have a program as well to help other writers is that is that true yes so tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I have two books. My third's on the way, just a quick plug there yep. um, in January. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my business helping writers is a couple pieces. So one is that I work with poets specifically in a poetry club. It's called the poetry club. And we do like workshops and uh, basically the goal is to help other poets like publish a poetry book if they choose. Um, we go over like marketing tips, um, but also overcoming like the insecurities of sharing your work. So it's a very just supportive, nice group to share your poems if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also have a marketing background and have um, been able to, you know, sell my books as uh, become a full-time writer. So I teach other writers how to market as well. So I have some different like courses and guides and more on the way with that. But I work with writers of all genres for the marketing stuff, which is mm-hmm. awesome. That's amazing. That is amazing because yeah, I mean, I suppose there's a lot of people who write, but then it's like, I have, I have this thing. What do I do with yeah. it? Like how, how do how other do people read it? it? Yeah. Right. yeah and like, <laughs> like social media is, I think the obvious one where, where people start, but it's like, that's not enough. Right. Like, like right. it's part of the puzzle, but there's obviously a lot more to it. So I love, I love that you help with that as well. I think that that's, that's yeah. really like, that's a really core piece of helping other writers get out there. Thank you. Yeah. And it again, comes back to like the self-doubt because a lot of people don't market their books because they are, you know, enamored with the self-doubt and they don't know how to talk about it or they don't know how to talk about themselves or whatever it may be. So it definitely plays into really all aspects of our life. Like no matter where you turn, (laughs) you have to have some confidence in yourself, you know, all of that. So yeah, it definitely plays a factor in that, in that too. Yeah. And, and having, a support network is like priceless and I don't care what that looks like right whether it's like a coach or a counselor or a therapist or a best friend or like being part of the poetry club right being part of like a group yeah. container it, it everybody is gonna thrive in a different environment personally right. I actually like to have multiple support sources because it's just yeah. how I roll um but like it's so invaluable to have that whatever that looks like for you um because it just changes the whole game it changes everything. 
And when Definitely. you're, and when you're like working on changing your internal stuff, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to change your external world as well, right? Like level up on the outside, which helps you level up on the inside. Definitely. Yeah. I'm stubborn and I like to pretend that I can do everything myself, <laughs> but it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Talking to people is definitely a lot better than keeping it all in. Yeah. So I do recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you have that level of awareness and you're like, oh, I'm stubborn, but like, I know. <laughs> I can admit it. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's a good level of like personal growth that you've reached where you could like admit yeah. that about yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Like... <laughs> it's all part of the journey. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. Um, so Shelby, if there's somebody listening who is maybe at like the beginning stages of this journey, maybe really deep in self-doubt, in self-comparison, in judging themselves, like, and they just feel like, you know, maybe like you did when you were in high school or when you were in college. And it's just like, everything is hard and everything inside is hard. Do you have like one exercise or practice that you would recommend or like a journaling prompt? Obviously you're a writer. So like something that you would recommend some place for people to begin. Yeah, that's a great question. So I do, like I mentioned before, like the prompt thing and it truly like writing for your mental health is so amazing and so healing. So I do definitely recommend, or if you don't like journaling, like talking into your phone, like doing the voice to text type of thing and just like letting it out. So one thing that I still do, not every day, I used to do it every single day is write like one thing I'm proud of myself for that day. Um, and just like, you have to put, you have to put something, even if it's really, really little. So I used to do that like on the daily and would never miss it. And I think that was a big part of my, my journey too, because I had like this record of all these things that I did that I was kind of admitting to myself, like, I'm proud of you for this. You did this. So I love that as a prompt. Um, but there are so many different prompts that you can kind of find online, like around self-love, Um, So I definitely encourage like journaling or even if it's not about self-love, but you're just writing about, you know, your mental health, like how you're feeling that day, all of that. I just find letting that all out on the page is so helpful, Um, no matter kind of what place in your journey you are, just letting it out of your head and onto the page is amazing. Yeah. And so helpful. Absolutely. And if you could give any advice to your younger self, what would that be? What would that look like? I think I would tell her to step out of my shell a little sooner than I did. I'm definitely glad that we got here and got here when we did. But I think looking back at all of the years that I had valuable things to say and didn't say them um, hurts a little bit to think about. It's not fun to think about. Um, So I think that that's what I would say if I got the chance to talk to my past self. I would say like what you have to say is valuable. Say it. Wow. Yeah. I love that. What you have to say is valuable. So say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So simple, but like seriously life-changing at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so Shelby, is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up? Is there any extra thoughts, bits of wisdom, anything else that you would like listeners to know before we wrap up? I think if we could just like sum up the conversation, it would be like just baby steps, like step a little bit out of your comfort zone, um, do a little, do a little prompt, that like maybe feels really weird at first, like saying that you're proud of yourself or saying that you love yourself, 
just get a little bit out of that comfort zone and it makes a world of difference. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's like, it's called a comfort zone for a reason. So it's going mm-hmm. to feel uncomfortable and that's yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. how we grow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being uncomfortable is not a reason to stop. You just like notice the discomfort and notice the growth at the same time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Amazing. So Shelby, if listeners would like to get in touch with you, where is the, is there like one like central place that they can go? Where's the best place for them to find you online? Yeah, my website has everything that I do. So that is shelbylee.co. Okay, cool. Um, and I'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well as your amazing Instagram, which I may have mentioned before. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. So it's really easy for for listeners to, to click through and find you and find um, your books and your work. And like, I just, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, sharing- Thank you sharing yourself with us, sharing your story. Um, you know, you have come a long way and the work that you do is so much of you, but it's also Mm -hmm. so helpful for listeners. Like, like I said, of the little bit that I have read and I have not read your books, I'll be honest. Um, but like of, (laughs) of of what I have read of what I have seen, like it is just so helpful. And I just really want to express my gratitude for you sharing that um, and honor you because I just I just think it's awesome it's just awesome so thank you so much Katie I really appreciate that and I loved being on this podcast it's amazing so thank you for having me All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.